the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. From Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And it is Lifeline. Hi there and welcome. Good evening. I've got an amazing show lined up tonight. We've got uh, Bart Miller joining us along with uh, a couple of directors uh, from the uh, the movie, I can only imagine, and Kevin Downs, the producer. It's all straight ahead on Lifeline. Now, before we jump into our I Can Only Imagine edition of Lifeline tonight, I did want to let you know about a banquet coming up for Young Life. Joining us is Jeanette Thralls. Uh, she is the area director for Tri-Valley Young Life. Jeanette, thank you for spending a moment with us here. Tell us about your uh, uh, your banquet coming up on the 20th. Yes, we are. Hello, everyone. We are celebrating our 20th annual Young Life Banquet in the Tri-Valley. This is number 20, and it's going to be a great evening. We are looking back at the last 20 years of ministry and how amazing it's been, and then we're going to launch the next 20 years. So we would love to invite everyone to come out and join us and help us celebrate. Now, what all is planned for the for the banquet and the fundraiser out there, uh, and where is it going to be? Well, it is at Casa Real uh, in Pleasanton, and we're expecting the community to come out. We're going to be sharing some videos from our alumni uh, that have benefited from Young Life. We're going to have uh, Mr. Gomes from Granada High School be our speaker, and I'm going to tell a little bit of the story of how we got started 20 years ago. Great. And the miracles around that. And it's just going to be a great fun night. Wonderful. And if folks want to know more, uh, uh, org is the place to go, correct? Right. That's our website. Just go to that. Make sure you register um, before. Don't just show up. We need to know you're coming. Register. We have a nice dinner for you. And we'll be asking for donations at the end of the night. All right. And uh, do, do you, are, are there going to be walk-ups or do you need a head count? We do need a head count, so that's why you need to go to the website and actually register, but it's really easy to do. You just put your name in there, um, so click on that button for it. And and for those listening, I, you know, it's assumed most of us understand and know what Young Life is, but uh, there may be a few listeners who are going, well, what the heck is Young Life? So thumbnail sketch of Young Life. What is Young Life, Jeanette? Uh, Young Life is an outreach organization to teens at every single high school in the Tri-Valley, we have Young Life leaders that are present on campus for um, all these kids, and we put on clubs for them to come on Monday night so they can hear about the wonderful news of how God loves them. Amazing. And it is the 20th annual Young Life Tri-Valley Fundraising Banquet at Casa Real, the Ruby Hill Winery, March 20th. And festivities uh, begin at 645. Doors open at 615. If you would like more information, again, you can go to younglifetrivalley.younglife.org. Jeanette, thank you for spending a moment with us here tonight on Lifeline. You're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. We really appreciate it. Jeanette Thralls from Young Life here on Lifeline. And now, this. Back in 2012, our 21-month-old granddaughter went home instantly to be with Jesus. 
in a car accident. If it hadn't been for that song, I don't know that I could have made it. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see. As hard as it was not having her in our arms anymore and not having her here on earth, it gave me so much peace to know that she was seeing things that my eyes would not see until I got to heaven. And I could only imagine what it would be like to join her. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still Will I stand in your presence Or to my knees will I fall Will I sing hallelujah Will I be able to speak at all I can only imagine I can only imagine Yeah, no other song has had an impact like this song has had over the last 18 years. And if you know me at all, you know that I love the stories behind the music. I've, I've, I've done shows in the past here on Lifeline that have dealt with the story behind the song because it is so unique. And, and more often than not, it brings a fresh understanding to the song, a greater appreciation for it. And th- this is no different. For many of us, we love the song, and it's only been recently, and or maybe if you've been to a concert in the past where Bart Miller talks about the story behind the song, not many people are familiar with it. And that is one of the reasons this movie now, I can only imagine, is just taking everyone by storm. Usually around here at KFAX, if... If a faith-based movie hits the Bay Area and it shows up in six to eight movie theaters, we consider it a win. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, right? It's like, really? Oh, man, success. There are over 30 theaters that are carrying, I can only imagine. And all of the Cinemark theaters have picked it up, which is just remarkable. Add to that, add to that. This morning, by this, by early this morning, Fandango, the, the, the ticket outlet, your, your mobile app, Fandango, and the website where you can purchase tickets online for the movies, yeah, number one in sales, arch surpassing, surpassing A Wrinkle in Time and Black Panther. They are number one on the Fandango chart for sales, ticket sales. Uh, everyone is suggesting you do go to Fandango or something similar and get your tickets early because everyone's being sold out. We actually had a screening uh, earlier, and uh, we had to turn people away, which was just so hard to do. But the story behind this song and the movie that has come out of this, the book that has come out of this, uh, is, is the subject of our time together here tonight on Lifeline. I would encourage you to sit back and join us for the whole evening. As I mentioned, uh, John and Andy Irwin will be joining us, an amazing directing team that really bit into this thing. And uh, I, I, I think you'll be excited. John and Andy, both animated. Uh, Andy, 
takes after another Andy that I know. Hmm. Uh, you're going to get an earful about this movie and some of the stories behind the movie. And I think you'll be greatly encouraged. Uh, Kevin Downs, uh, California boy from, uh, from the Valley over there, Visalia kid, uh, makes good. He's a part of all of this. And as I mentioned, Bart Millard will join us a little bit later on as well. And we'll spend some time with Bart scratching his ear about this movie, uh, what you can find in the book that you won't find in the movie, and and how the book came about. Uh, it's all straight ahead tonight on Lifeline. I would encourage you to stick around and be encouraged. Uh, it's about redemption and forgiveness. And if those are a couple of words that challenge you, in your life. Well, then tonight's broadcast is just for you. I think you'll walk away going, I I, I think this can be done. And if not quite, by the time you see the movie tomorrow night, I I think you'll realize just how how approachable forgiveness really is and how, how easy redemption really is. All right? So that's what's happening tonight on Lifeline. If you stick around, we'll make it worth your while. All right? Andy Froyland, In for Craig Roberts tonight, all things I can only imagine. And now back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And welcome back. Lifeline, Andy Froyland in uh, for Craig Roberts. And today, as I mentioned at the beginning of our broadcast, very special day today because tomorrow, 316G, uh, we have a movie that's coming out. Uh, Some of you may have seen the screener. For those of you who haven't, uh, man... If there's one movie this year that you need to go see, it's the one we're going to talk about here today. And joining me to kick things off is Andy Irwin. Uh, he and his brother, John, pretty much are the, the thrust behind this movie. Andy, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Welcome to Lifeline. Yeah, great to be on with you, man. I love what you do, and thanks for uh, helping promote the film. You bet you. Uh, for those who are listening, uh, you know, um, of course, I can only imagine uh, we know the song. Uh, some of us may even know the book. Most of us know Bart Millard. But when it comes to John and Andy Irwin, uh, who are they? So <laughs> thumbnail sketch for for Andy anyway. Uh, what is your background for our audience? Yeah. And, and what got you to the point that you're at today with this film? Yeah, uh, John and I uh, are a director-brother team. Uh, I don't know what it is about uh, directing with your your brother, but filmmakers seem to kind of run in pairs. So, (laughs) uh, you know, I guess it's a good marketing tool. But um, we're brothers, so we're, you know, we're we're always kind of uh, creatively dysfunctional. Uh, You know, we're brothers, so we bicker a lot. But we found that working together, that we tell a story better together as a team and uh, each approach it from a different point of view. And uh, we had a hobby that grew kind of out of control. We started out in the industry. My dad was in radio, actually. And so we grew out, up as studio rats and just kind of these kids that would just always hang around. And we fell in love with storytelling. And that grew out of control into this hobby that led to music videos and the documentaries. And then eventually, 10 years ago, we made the leap to feature films. So we did a, a small independent feature called October Baby that did really well and t- told the story of, of redemption and forgiveness and that led to uh, Mom's Night Out, a comedy with Sony, and then Woodlawn was our last movie. It was a true story, uh, the football story that happened in the 70s. Right. And, uh, and that led us to this story, I can only imagine, which is 
by far the, the, the our favorite story we've gotten a chance to tell. And I want to get to that in just a moment, but uh, I, I want to take a step back. You started with ESPN, right. so I, I would imagine Woodlawn was the funnest you've done so far. Yeah. Uh, but then from there, what's your story in your your walk with Christ? Why, why did you go from uh, mainstream, especially ESPN and uh-huh. sports, what got you into producing films and working with uh, some of these Christian artists with some of their music videos? Right. I want to hear that journey as well. Yeah, I, you know it, it's been a, it's been a, an amazing uh, story because I mean we, we're kids from Alabama, so there was really no film industry whatsoever in the Southeast, much less Alabama, uh, when we started. And but we just had this kind of dream of one day doing movies, so it was always our desire to get there, but. We hit, you know, one closed door after another. The Lord opened up a door at ESPN for us to be cameramen. Uh, my brother was 15 years old. Somebody got sick on a on a on a crew, and they called him in last minute and told him just not, don't tell your age because <laughs> he was like 15. <laughs> pretty pretty sure we broke some child labor laws there. Uh-huh. But it kind of it kind of opened up a door for sports camera work, and we both love sports. So that was our our, our weekend job that kind of paid the bills that allowed us to kind of develop this hobby. And it was a safety net. But then, uh, you know, there was a point in time where we decided we're, we've got to either try this or not. And, uh, uh, you know, we had done, started doing music videos and that type stuff. Um, we really loved that. Uh, and then that led to uh, us directing second unit on films, doing like the action sequences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the second unit director always kind of has a splinter unit that does all the stunt and the action stuff. And uh, so my brother was working on the movie Courageous. Uh, that mm. uh, that the Kendrick brothers did, right? And uh, John was directing second unit on that. And Alex Kendrick pulled him aside one day and said, "John, what's your purpose?" And he said, "I, I, I just said, you know, to get a paycheck, Alex. I'm here to, for my job." And he said, "John, it's time for you and your brother to step off the sidelines and ask God what stories He has for you to tell." Wow. And then he he brought this little story home called October Baby that uh, was a, about a girl that finds out, uh, you know, about her her story about that she was a survivor of an abortion and, and needed to go find her birth mother. And, um, and so, uh, long story short, um, uh, we fell in love with movies. We took a risk and we haven't looked back since. And now you've got, uh, probably I, there's something about the song. There's something about the story. Uh, I, I can only <laughs> to, to, to coin the pun. I can only imagine you guys are kind of sitting at the edge of your seat actually wondering how how big the explosion of this movie is actually going to be when it opens up yeah it's you know it's just been an amazing journey uh uh you know so far you know it's it's just when you find a great story you just hope that it connects with the larger audience and this one i can only imagine is just um you know we had to pinch ourselves when we found out the story behind the hit song so the the song i can only imagine has touched millions and millions of people it's the most uh popular most downloaded uh uh christian single of all time uh crossed over to the pop charts and people when you talk to them about it they don't talk about a piece of music they talk about a time in their life that they desperately needed hope and so it's something that's deeply personal to 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 people that love that song everybody remembers where they were when they first heard it and uh as a result um we we start talking to bart millard the the lead singer for mercy me and he told us about the story that inspired him writing the song. And uh, it's his father-son story right. uh, about an uh, abusive father that uh, when Bart was a senior in high school, his dad 
uh, found out he had pancreatic cancer and was going to, it was a terminal sentence. And, and uh, he began to ask questions about, could God forgive him? And God began to restore the relationship with Bart, uh, his son, so much so that uh, at the end of his life, Bart said he had become his best friend and uh, he had seen him totally fall in love with Jesus. He says, if the gospel can change that dude, the gospel can change anybody. And at the funeral, somebody said, I can only imagine what your dad is seeing in heaven right now. Hmm. And that really inspired him to write a song for his father. And it's just a rush of hope, man. And uh, Dennis Quaid plays the dad in the film. And, and I'm so thrilled about it coming out uh, tomorrow on the 16th. Exactly. And, you know, what what gets this on my radar, at least as a talk show host here in the Bay Area, the movies that we have seen roll through here in the past, and again, the Bay Area, this is a wasteland around here. If you can get a really good Christian movie into this area, maybe three or four theaters will pick it up. And already we're uh, we're in double digits with the theaters that are running this. And wow. Cinemark seems to be picking up most of it, which is really huge. So I, I look at that alone, Andy, and I think, man, something is going to happen with this thing. It's just not going to be a little regional, oh, this is a yeah. Christian movie. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, to to quote the, the guy when he reboots on Jurassic Park, hang on to your butts. Uh, <laughs> Love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> this movie's, uh, I, I, do you guys get that sense at all? Yeah, we do. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I have high hopes. You know, you kind of get, you never <clears throat> quite, you know, you kind of, you kind of keep it at arm's length distance because you don't sure. want to kind of, sure. uh, you want to kind of live in the moment. But, um, but to, to see this response to this film, just from the trailers to we had the the the, the you know the premiere the other night in Nashville for a packed audience of two thousand people and people that actually had to be turned away at the door because we were over capacity. Um, you know, the, the, the trailer, our trailers online uh, on Facebook have had over 100 million views so far, yeah. uh, which if you look at Woodlawn, our last film, uh, it got about 2 million views uh, overall. Right. Uh, so, you know, to, to see the, the hunger for this story and just the hunger for a story of hope, and it, it plays broad, you know, so a lot of people that have watched it that aren't believers, that aren't Christians, They've watched it and they've been profoundly moved because it's completely relatable as a father-son story. Uh, but the gospel is front and center. It just doesn't feel preachy because it's rooted in the real-life experience of Bart Millard. And uh, I have high hopes. I think it could be really special. Lionsgate does too. Lionsgate and Roadside that are releasing it. and They've pushed it to get into markets like San Francisco that typically we would have not been able to get into. So we're excited. Well, I tell you what, we are here as well at KFAX. It's uh, it's exciting to see this. We've already been to the screener. That was uh, packed out. And uh, I, I, again, I can only imagine what yeah. it's going to be like tomorrow <laughs> when this yeah. thing gets open. Hey, Andy, I've got to take a quick time out, pay some bills here. But when we come back, I've got a couple of more questions for you as we continue here on Lifeline. Stick around. Andy Irwin, my guest here on Lifeline as we talk about the movie hitting theaters tomorrow, uh, the Bart Millard story, I can only imagine. And now back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland, my guest, Andy Irwin, uh, one of the one of the key players behind the movie. I can only imagine which shows up tomorrow, three sixteen. Whose idea was that, Andy? You know, the three sixteen. Uh, somebody <laughs> far far more spiritually attuned than I am. I, you know, we, we 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 picked the date very pragmatically, looking at uh, 
you know, what weekends were available and where we felt like we could really be great counter programming. And uh, so we picked that date and uh, and we were back talking to with our pals, the Kendrick brothers. And Stephen Kendrick said, you know, that's awesome. You pick 316, like John 316, share the gospel. <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly why we picked it. Right. And we're taking credit for it. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah, That's yeah. The John uh, three sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. So yes, absolutely. So what was it like working with Bart? I I've had a chance to meet him and spend a little bit of time with him on a K Love cruise years ago. <gasps> yeah, man. Awesome. I just used somebody else's call letters on our station. <laughs> hang, hang on a minute, Andy. KFAX. AM 1100 KFAX. AM 1100 KFAX. Okay, I'm redeemed. Three times um, you're good. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 you're hard-pressed to find somebody who's uh, as humble as he is. And I, and I yeah. use that term in a real biblical sense, very effacing. Yeah. Um, did you have to really milk him to get a, a storyline big enough for a movie? For whatever reason, you know, we just, we just clicked. Uh, I, Bart's become one of my dearest friends and he is oh, cool. absolutely the real deal. And yeah. so, you know, uh, I was with him last night at the Ryman and, and Dennis Quaid brought his band and surprised the crowd at the Ryman. And, uh, after Bart, uh, Bart had, you know, introduced, uh, you know, uh, the crowd or whatever started it off. He said, we got a special appearance. And Dennis Quaid brings his band, the Sharks, out on stage, and the crowd just went nuts. <laughs> and uh, but the reason why Dennis did that is Dennis just loves Bart. He really loved this character of playing his father so much that they really bonded. And Bart's just one of these guys that you want to fight for, and right. um, uh, absolutely the real deal. And so when we started this, you know, he was the one that approached us. I invited him to a screening of one of our films, Mom's Night Out, and uh, just was doing an artist screening, and he. Afterwards, he comes to the front. We talk, and he said, I don't know if you know this, but the, there's a movie studio that's been developing my life story for the past five years. I would love for you guys to consider directing it. And I said, I don't know if you know this, but they sent us the script this morning. And <laughs> it was just, you know, meant to happen. And wow. we, uh, as we got into it, we just said, Bart, you know, doing your life story is going to be a portrait. We've got to squeeze, you know, your whole life history into two hours. But we, we need to know you well enough to do an accurate portrait of your right. life. And, and he said, uh, so he let his guard down, and he just really let us know what made it, him tick. And I think that this is a really accurate portrait of, of his life, and, uh, and that's where the power is. It's, it's in the true story. How does this movie and the time spent with these guys, have you seen, uh, obviously you touched on it briefly, have you seen any kind of uh, change, any kind of leanings towards the gospel more from uh, Dennis Quaid, Cloris Leachman, and uh, some of these other actors? Yeah, it, you know, it, you know, we always feel like one of our biggest mission fields is is in the people that we cast. You know, I, I don't require people that act in my films to be Christians. John and I right. really believe that you know we they have to agree with the material the way we presented it and want to want to act it that way. Right, but. But as far as their personal beliefs, we don't push that. But then we, we always tell them, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sneak in because, you know, God loves you just as much as the character that you're playing. And so, like, a couple of quick stories. One of them was uh, Trace, and he, he wouldn't mind me sharing this because he shared it the other night at the premiere. When I first offered him the role, you know, this is his second movie that he's done with me. He was in Mom's Night Out. He plays the manager of the band in this film. And, you know, he's a country music legend. Right. Six yeah. foot six, big, gruff, old <laughs> huge, oil man. rigger. Right. Yeah, he, he was an oil rigger until he was 30 in, in Louisiana. 
And, um, you know, I offered him the role and he said, no, I, I don't want to do it. And I said, is it because you don't like the material? He said, no, I just feel like I'm too rough around the edges for the, the Christian crowd. I've made too many mistakes and I don't feel good about myself. Oh, man. And to be in a faith film, I said, well, that's not a good enough reason, Trace. That's the best I, reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I rode a golf course with him for 18 holes in Mississippi. And at the end of it, I said, Trace, the movie's about redemption. And redemption accepts you where you're at. And there's there's no one that's beyond redemption. And he said, I thought to myself, I could use a little redemption in my life. And mm-hmm. so he did the movie. And so same way, same way with Dennis Quaid. We watched it at his house. And when I got done, I turned around and said, what do you think of the film? And the dude was ugly crying. I'm just talking snot face, just <laughs> ugly crying. And, and he, was like, he was like, that was powerful. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he called Bart. And they talked for five hours that, that, that night on the phone. And he said, he said, um, he said, this film is a movie about how God does his miracles the hard way sometimes. And he said, I'm totally in. And so, uh, you know, it's been neat to see God just, just encourage hearts along the way that, hey, redemption's for everyone. And, uh, and just to see that, that it kind of sneaks past the character and kind of gets in the cracks of your personal life. All right. And then uh, finally, uh, J. Michael Finley, I, I've, I've got to ask, I, I simply have to ask, Really? You're getting a guy who did Sweeney Todd to play Bart Miller. <laughs> hey, hey, it's all good. It's all good. You know, oh. and, and, and you know, as long as the character on screen is great. And Jay Michael is hysterical. It turns out the kid is, uh, you know, this is his very first feature film. And when somebody right. wants to do their own singing, right? So, uh-huh. uh, you know, Bart has an incredible voice and matching that voice is uh, Hard. really, really tough. And so... Uh, we discovered J. Michael uh, in uh, Les Mis. He was the main understudy for Jean Valjean on Broadway mm-hmm. and uh, just blew us away. And just, uh, But as we got to know him, it turns out the kid, his dad is a pastor in Missouri, wow. uh, an associate pastor at a Baptist church. And uh, he grew up going to summer camps, Christian camps, hearing Mercy Me play oh, my back goodness. when they did the camp circuit. So it was just, you know, kind of real, you know, kind of small world. And, uh, he absolutely. I mean, it's like he's like the combination of Seth Rogen and Kevin James, and you just yeah. fall in love with the kid. Yeah, he does. He reminds me of a Seth Rogen uh, just yeah. looking at him. But I'm reading through some of this stuff, and I, it just cracked me up. Sweeney Todd, yeah. really? Yep. <laughs> We're going to use that. The, 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 the demon barber. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, just uh, just don't eat, just don't eat any uh, mincemeat pies from the guy, and exactly. you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, stay away from it. Stay away from it. <laughs> That's well, funny. again, the the movie I can only imagine opens up tomorrow. Uh, Andy, man, it is uh, it's a, exciting to see what uh, what is ahead for this movie. I, man, Woodlawn was amazing. I remember October Baby, but this one, um, holy cow! Like I said, hang under your butts, man. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> you got to save that with a cigarette in your mouth. Though, exactly. You yeah, yeah, Jackson. yeah. And my fingers on control, alt delete. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> One final thought before we let you get out of here. Uh, when it comes time to editing, because that uh, you kind of work more with the actors and then uh, post editing and all of that. How do you? Yeah. How much? How much film do you actually have that you have to pare down? I mean, what's what's the yeah. final final minute count on this thing uh, when they finally hand it to you? And then how much yeah. of it you got to cut out? You know, the, the the first cut of the movie came in at about. Uh, about two hours and 45 minutes. Hmm. And, 
the the final cut of the film is uh, is an hour forty five. So wow. uh, it leaves you a lot of great deleted scenes for the extra features on the DVD. There you go. And you always you always think, you know, man, I wish I could have figured that out before we shot it. It would have been half the budget, you know. <laughs> exactly. But you never know what you're going to need and what you're not. So you just kind of you shoot it, and then you find you kind of like a. It's almost like being a sculptor. You just keep chipping away everything that's not be, supposed to be part of the statue. Well, we uh, we took the we, we took the best brother first, and because your name is Andy, I'm not partial at all. Yes, nowhere Amen. near at all. Love it, <laughs> love it, love it. Represent the name. There you go. We're, and and we'll get your brother John in here in just a few minutes as we continue with Lifeline. Andy, thank you for spending some time with us here today. So right, appreciate, appreciate it, man. You. Appreciate and, you, my friend. Yeah, and looking forward to the movie tomorrow as it opens up everywhere here in the Bay Area. And by the way, we do have locations for you. I'll get those to you here in just a few minutes. And now back to Lifeline with Andy Froiland. And welcome back. It is Lifeline, Andy Froiland, all things I can only imagine here tonight. And joining us now is the uh, the part two of that dynamic duo uh, that kind of put all of this together. John Irwin uh, joins us now. Uh, we, we've spent some time with your brother Andy already, so uh, you get the final word tonight, John. Welcome to Lifeline. <laughs> well, that's the way I like it. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, uh, thanks for me, having me. Give you a chance to dispute everything your brother said about you. See, of course, uh, don't believe anything he said except the good stuff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but yeah, thanks for having me. And this is a special time for us. I think this is going to be a spectacular weekend. And uh, and we're uh, we're looking forward to the world seeing. I can only imagine. Finally, it's been a two year journey for us. And it's a, it's a special, special story and a special movie. It really is. And the reason we wanted to try and make the whole evening here on Lifeline about the movie is because there is such a unique aspect to it that, uh, well, for instance, uh, a couple of nights ago here in the Bay Area, we had a packed house for the pre-screen. And, uh, yes! It, it, amazing here. Again, as I told your brother a little bit ago, and I'll tell you, on 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 an average faith-based release here in the Bay Area, you could probably count the theaters that will take the movie on one hand. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's just average here, and that's just what we've got in the Bay Area. We're front lines uh, Christian living, you know. We, we, don't course, have, yeah. <laughs> we don't have Dallas where you've got 5,000, you know, Southern Baptist churches alone on every corner. All in a five-block radius. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. So when, when a movie, a faith-based movie comes along and already uh, we're at over 30 uh, outlets Taking the movie in the yes, Bay Area—that's great. And that is great. And all Cinemarks. I mean, Cinemarks usually don't touch them here in the Bay Area. Well, you know what's great? We had a great screening with Cinemark. We went and showed the film to their whole staff and their buyers. And Al over at Cinemark is a great friend, and they loved it. In fact, Cinemark said, "We've never, you know, our, all of our regional film buyers never like the same movie. You know, the southeastern guy won't like the, the film that the right. New Yorker likes." And and all the buyers really liked it. And uh, and so Cinemark partnered with us in a big way. I love that theater chain, and I'm very grateful um, for all that they've done for us. And, and they've come to the table uh, in a very big way. And I think that just shows the, the universal nature and power of this story. Uh, I remember so vividly when Bart said, I know God is real because of the change I saw in my dad. He said, I yeah. watched a monster transform into my best friend and the man I wanted to become. And there was just... There's no other explanation for that. And it was such a emotional, relatable story, the idea that 
you know, this broken relationship between a father and son could be mended and redeemed and healed. And, and it was the power of that restoration and redemption that inspired a song that's brought hope to millions of people. Uh, and I'm one of them. You know, exactly. I think that's a, pre- a pretty amazing thing. Well, now, speaking of being one of those who have been transformed, uh, especially by this song, and, and you're right, I, I don't know of anybody, myself included, who hasn't been affected by the song. Uh, just such a profound clarity of thought when it comes to our moment when we stand before Christ. What mm-hmm. What's your journey in Christ? I mean, is that, you know, I, I know you guys started with ESPN, uh, your yeah. sports fanatics. Uh, did you did you ever anticipate going down this road of uh, no, specializing not, in not, faith-based movies? Not at all. Our business plan for many years was just like uh, Indiana Jones. You know, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. And God really just planted us in entertainment. Um you know, I was born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. That's my hometown, and I love it uh, there. And and I have a wonderful uh, mom and dad, and and uh, you know, I love. Uh, you know, I was in church. You know, uh, before I can remember, great church. She's my independent in Birmingham, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I prayed to receive Christ at the age of five, and it was a huge part of my life. And I just have a, this great family and i grew up in kind of the christian bubble the bible belt yeah. bubble and then when i was 15 uh you know uh, i i was in i was apprenticing for a cameraman and lo and behold somebody got sick at an espn football game and uh and mike my mentor called me and said john get over here right now don't tell anybody how old you are don't tell anybody you've never done this before but they're desperate this is an opportunity just get over here and uh my dad drove me over to the stadium, the University of Alabama. Because you uh, couldn't drive. And I couldn't <laughs> drive at the time. So, and he dropped me off four blocks away. I didn't want anybody to know I couldn't drive. And I go and run this camera for ESPN. And it was like this telescope, massive camera. I'd never seen a camera mm-hmm. that big. And it would zoom into like a quarter of the moon. Like you could literally zoom all the way. So I'm this 15-year-old kid zooming in and out of the moon. Like this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever done. And I got hooked. And what was interesting, I, from a career standpoint, I just met, I I met someone. I just fell in love yeah. with the entertainment industry, and it was so exciting and and so much fun. And and uh, so a, a, a crewing agent called me the next week because you know in God's providence, Birmingham, Alabama is right in the heart of the SEC. So there's games within a five hour radius. There's right. games being televised yeah. all the time. Yeah. So she called me for a game at Auburn and uh, and said, are, are you a freelance camera operator? I had never heard those three words before uh, together. And so I said, well, yes, I'm, I'm absolutely that. I do that all. Yeah. So tell me where to go. And uh, and I went down to Auburn. I'm not recommending any part of this story, by I, I was, the way, to the listening audience. I was just going to say, as, but, as, a, as a young but, uh, Christian boy, you've started your life and career with two massive lies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would just say, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I would say I, I neglected to inform, which is different but benjamin benjamin franklin did say half the truth can be a great lie and and uh and so uh so i think that that's uh that's uh probably accurate but you know god can use anything and anybody and, I'm and thinking yeah, I'm not of Jericho, and that, that comes to mind year old yeah i'm not i'm not recommending this to any 15 year olds listening but uh so and then my dad bought us a camera when i was uh the next year when i was 16 and and uh with money he didn't have and helped to secure a loan for 10 grand for some editing equipment, which again, I'm not recommending wow. a 16 year old get a $10,000 loan either. <laughs> uh, don't do anything, you know, but uh, anyway, uh, and, and, and he said uh, something that really stuck. He said, dream bold, dream big, dream the impossible. And he wow. said, uh, 
he taught us the wow factor. He said, if you make your clients say, wow, you'll never have to advertise. And it just, uh, was all kinds of videos, uh, you know, corporate videos, ministry videos, church videos, weddings, surgeries, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and then finally, uh, the uh, the Christian artist Michael W. Smith, uh, followed quickly by Amy Grant, uh, both of which are represented in I Call Imagine, right. uh, helped yeah. launch our music video careers. And we started doing music videos for many years uh, in Nashville and, and uh, you know, national car commercials. But it was really just a career. And then the question that really altered that and kind of changed my life was I went down to direct a second unit on a Christian film called Courageous. And hmm. what a Cinderella story, you know, Sherwood Baptist Church down there makes yes. movies. And at the time they were making them primarily with church volunteers. So you had about a thousand church volunteers making these films. Well, this was a police drama and they wanted to do some action sequences involving cars. And like, here are two great things. Church volunteers making a movie and action sequences involving cars. <laughs> Those two things are never to be mixed. People could literally get run over. And so I was brought in to uh, to just kind of uh, direct uh, those action sequences and, and, and direct second unit and kind of fulfill Alex's vision right. for the stunts in the film, uh, but in a safe and controlled environment with professionals. And, and I love stuff like that. I love chasing things and blowing things up with cameras. It's fun, yeah. but, but safety is obviously what comes first. And, and so, and Alex asked me on that, on that set, he said, John, uh, what's your purpose and the purpose of your work? And it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because it had all, there was no plan. It all just happened. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and I could, not only could I not answer the question, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And, uh, mm -hmm. And what we realized is that we had been given a gift. We had, yeah. we had been given the ability to hone a craft uh, very early over a long period of time. And it was time we used our skill uh, for a purpose beyond ourselves and for God's glory instead of our own. And as a side note, I think professionally, um, you know, you'll never be happier than when you find your unique ability and you find your gift, of which we all have one. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you use it for God's glory instead of your own. It just life. Your right. career becomes this great adventure, yeah. Uh, and that and that happened and led to uh, a film called October Baby, and then Mom's Night Out and uh, and Woodlawn, uh, Woodlawn. Yeah. and then now uh, I can only imagine. And we've really just been living our lives by the Mike Tyson quote when he said, uh, "Every boxer has a plan until he gets in the ring, gets punched in the face." You know, we're just figuring <laughs> this out as we go. But boy, have we yeah. found the power of mass entertainment, which is America's second largest export. You yeah, know, and and. Exactly. Uh, and it's just a very powerful way to, to tell a story, which is exactly what Jesus did. John Irwin, my guest tonight here on Lifeline, part of the dynamic duo of uh, John and Andy Irwin, the directing <laughs> team for uh, the movie I Can Only Imagine, which shows up everywhere tomorrow night. And we are excited to be a part of it. We need to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with John here on Lifeline. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.